Oli, how are we doing today, bud? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Doing great, especially now that I got a chance to sit down with you and record the podcast. We were supposed to do this a month ago. We got hosed, pal, but I think we're good to go now. Yeah, I know. It's been a while. All right. Well, if you're ready, say the magic words. Hit it. You're listening to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins Podcast, your number one destination to break the ice with your favorite players. And now, without further ado, your host of the Penguins Podcast, Nick Hart. All right. Hey there, hockey fans. We are back for another edition of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins Podcast, Gang of Youths. Bringing us in with the theme song. Always got to thank them for hooking us up with the intro for this season's podcast. And it's been a weird one this season. Talked about this last episode, how we had to take a little bit of a forced hiatus because of the COVID-19 protocols affecting the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. But now we're back. We're back in action. And today's guest is a young man who we were actually supposed to have on the podcast over a month ago. And then that was immediately when we got punched in the face with covid couldn't record month five six weeks seven weeks later here we are with Kyle Olson Kyle thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me I'm glad we're finally able to do this yeah yeah thanks for having me I remember I I sent you the text uh you know over a month ago started December like hey you know we're recording the podcast you want to do this like yeah sure I'm I'm on board for that and then the very next day guys started testing positive uh, our athletic trainer, Seamus McKelvey, was like, mm, not sure if it's a good idea for guys to be locked in a room together for however long, you know, with airflow. Okay, I guess. And finally able to make it happen. COVID couldn't stop us. They could only delay us, but we are inevitable, Kyle. Yeah, feels good. Feels good. How are you feeling, by the way? I know uh, both between last season and this season, you've been battling through some injuries, various ailments. They had to drag you out of the lineup kicking and screaming a couple weekends ago. But are you feeling good now? Yeah, I feel good. I'm uh, I'm healthy. Obviously, coming off three games and three nights is is tough on the body, but um, no, I'm feeling good now. I'm I'm healthy, ready to go. Good. I'm glad to hear it, buddy. Glad to uh, glad to get you finally here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast because you're a guy who I think uh, throughout your time with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, that personality of yours has started to, started to exude a little bit more versus when you just show up day one as a rookie, just trying to. Uh, I guess stay in line, not make uh, too big of a deal out of yourself. But then as you get used to your teammates and your surroundings, we've seen that personality come out. Wanted to share that with the fans. But to sort of get to know you early, I'm going to ask you maybe one of the most in-depth, important questions, a true window into a person's soul. We're going to start with something. Usually we save this for later in the podcast, Kyle, but we're going to start with the question. Every episode, Kyle, I have our previous episode's guest leave a blind question for the next episode's guest. It can be about anything in the world. They are not restricted (laughs) to any sort of category or anything like that, and they do not know who they are asking the question to. Okay? Okay. So, I guess early in this episode of the podcast, Kyle, are you ready for me to pop the question? I'm ready. Kyle, who is your favorite Harry Potter character and why? Oh, gosh. Well, I'm sure people won't be too happy with me about this, but okay. I've actually never watched any of the Harry Potter series. Never movies. watched Harry Potter? You didn't read Harry Potter? Never. I've never never been too into it. I've never really been like, you know, I, today I want to watch all of them. Like, I've just never been interested in it, really. Okay. But I know it's a huge one for, for lots of people everywhere. Like, it's like, when I, when I say that to people, they're like, what? Are you kidding me? 
but yeah, I've I've never watched anything. We can go into it a little bit more here because our previous episode's guest came with a backup plan in the event that the next person has never seen or never read Harry Potter. Their backup question is, why have you never read Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> they came prepared. Uh, I think it's just like I said, I've never really been too into it. I mean, I've heard lots of good things. People love it, obviously, but I've just never been been one to so what you care were for you were you're a 99 right yeah okay so i'm trying to think you growing up in like the harry potter zeitgeist where that would have fallen i feel like were all the books already out by the time you were of like i guess age to read young adult novels or were they still a big deal as they were releasing do you remember at all uh i can't i can't remember too clearly i'm pretty sure that they were out but i don't know when they add more or whatnot but Definitely was a thing when I was when I was a kid. We have the power of the internet here. That's a, a huge benefit we have while recording the Wilkes-Barre's Great to Penguins podcast. So I'm going to look up when the last book came out. Um, yeah, so the Deathly Hallows, the last book that came out was in 2007. So you weren't even 10 years old yet when they actually finished the book series. So you wouldn't have been old enough to be reading the books. The movies would have still been coming out. Yeah. But you're like, you didn't uh, go to the movies to watch any of them, even like your parents, just to be like, all right, calm down. We're going to sit you down in the theater for two hours just to keep you kids occupied. No. No (laughs) Harry Potter movies, no Harry Potter books. No, I think me me and my brothers were more hands-on, had to be doing (laughs) something, you know, playing hockey against each other in the basement or something like that. So, no, I never... Never seen the the movies or read the books. You guys would have broke out the mini sticks in the aisles of the the theater if they tried to get you to sit down for that long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, d- did you ever get in any books, or were there any huge like movie franchises, game franchises that you were into as a kid, or was it all hockey all the time? Uh, I don't know. I, a lot of my my childhood was hockey, hockey, hockey. Like that was a, obviously the main focus, but um, I'd say the series or or books that. I was into for a bit there were the Hunger Games. That's probably that's that's probably the one and only series I've I've read and, and watched. You know what? And that makes sense with the timeline we were talking about too, with you being born in nineteen ninety nine, the Harry Potter series had already been wrapped up in terms of the books by the time you would have been old enough to, to really dive into all of them as a franchise. But Hunger Games then sort of took over as like the elite or I guess the mainstream young adult novel at the time, I never cracked them open because, once again, uh, Harry Potter were my young adult novels, and then at that point I wasn't reading fiction. I actually stopped reading for a long time. It was a problem. I didn't read for pleasure. Like, everything I ever read was like an assignment for school. Oh, yeah. So I stopped reading for a long time. I'm trying to get back into it now to varying levels of consistency. (laughs) But do you – I guess I should say we're – you liked the Hunger Games, were you like a even now to this day? Do you like look back on it like, yeah, those were the jam. You didn't uh, like grow out of them, or did you? I mean, now I probably I couldn't really care for them, but back in the day, I don't know when the the books came out and the movies came out. It, I I thought it was cool. It was a cool concept, and I don't know. It, it's just interesting. Perhaps for those who didn't tune in to see the Hunger Games, I know they became a gigantic franchise with the movies and everything, but if someone's like, I think I know what that's about, but I'm not sure what that's about, can you give us the elevator pitch, the quick plot synopsis of the Hunger Games? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, well, to put it short, it's just like a a bunch of people who get picked to go in and survive and 
basically kill each other in in an arena where the the game maker makes stuff happen in this arena and yeah they have to survive and be the last one standing yeah it's like a, a nature battle royale for i guess uh a dystopian elite society's pleasure to watch these people kind of duke it out if i if i'm understanding correctly because yeah. once again i was never that into the series and then not only is our main character surviving throughout the game they're then trying to take down the establishment and sort of level the playing field through all of that uh, class warfare and things like that too yeah. right yeah did exactly. you like the movies were they a, are they an honest adaptation of the books yeah i lo- i love the movies I love them. That was probably I probably liked them better than the books. Wow. Yeah. See, it's I, I'm I'm a big visual guy though too, so yeah, I, I like action and all that stuff, like like watching it. So I don't know, maybe that's why why I like the movies better. But yeah, I love the movies. It's it's rare you find someone who says I read the book and I watched the movie and I liked the movie more, unless it's someone who watched the movie and then tried to read the book like. 10 years later or something like that just because the movie's so ingrained in their brain. But you think the Hunger Games movies, like, they, they figured it out. They yeah. had this down pat. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. awesome. Maybe I need to revisit those. Yeah, you should. Because they, they passed me by at the time. Maybe I need to get back into those. Maybe not reading, but just watching the movies. Go through them quickly. For sure. You're not going to get me to read them. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do the, the Cliff Notes version, which is basically just the movie series. Yeah. So, Kyle, you already talked about your brothers. You brought them up that you and your brothers were very – um active kids will say obviously playing hockey um how many siblings do you have give the give the fans a little bit of peek inside of the family life of kyle olson um yeah i just i have two two siblings and two brothers uh one is two years older than me and one is two years younger um we all played hockey growing up and uh i was actually lucky enough to play with my older brother twice like growing up in, in my career i've never played with my younger brother but yeah it's just kind of a it's nice to have, you know, all three of us playing hockey, the competition, pushing each other, all the stuff like that. So it's nice in that sense. It kind of leads me into my next question. Do your two brothers, older and younger, do they both play like you too? Because I would imagine those would be some, some feisty games on the backdoor pond or in the basement, in the garage, given the way that you play for the Penguins. Uh, Yeah. Um, No, I'd say we, we all kind of have our own style. Okay. Um, my older brother's a little bit smaller. So he was more of a skilled, you know, finesse player, I would say, and uh, playmaker. But uh, my younger brother plays a little more like me, I'd say. Um, just I'd say he's he's a little more fine-tuned than I am, and um, I'd give myself the edge being a little bit faster. Oh, okay. So you're yeah. like, all right, I'm a little bit quicker. Plus, you have the pro experience. Uh, he's played at the University of Minnesota Duluth uh, the past couple of seasons. Obviously, juggernaut college program uh yeah. the bulldogs and i remember what last season they just had that marathon overtime game how many ot's was it five six uh i think it was five four four five four or five all i, I gotta know, double check on all that. i know is i fell asleep during yeah, it i couldn't make I, it to the very end and i think we had a game the next day and i asked you did. like did you stay up for the whole thing and no it was, it was too long i had to i had to <laughs> shut her off but first thing in the morning i checked so First but. thing in the morning, you checked. Mm-hmm. You, you had to, to keep posted. Is that something like, are you always following his box scores as, as closely as you can? Because obviously you're busy with your own career and your own games, but are you always uh, following along to see how the Bulldogs are doing? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, because they only play the, the weekend games for the most part, two two games every weekend. So 
um, no, I, I, I follow him, see how he's doing and, and watch the scores and stuff like that. So, and obviously texts and, you know, keep in touch like that. So pretty easy to keep in touch with one another these days, given yeah. the way technology has connected us. He could be playing, you know, on the other side of the world and you'd still be able to text him For about sure. either the last night's game or I don't know, the hunger games marathon going on <laughs> TBS or TNT or something like that. You got to tune in or something. Yeah. It's easy. Yeah. Um, you said before, you know, you guys play a similar style to one another. You give yourself the edge a little bit in terms of speed, but he went the college route. You came out of junior. You signed an American Hockey League contract with Wilkes-Barre Scranton last offseason after uh, the longest and strangest offseason ever, and I'm sure you were just itching at the chance to start your pro career, get whatever opportunity you could, and when you came to Wilkes-Barre Scranton and you heard J.D. Forrest talk about how he wanted his team to play, play relentless, play tenacious, be in the back pocket of the opponent at every chance you can, do not give them an inch. When you heard that, are you thinking, oh, yes, this is right in my wheelhouse. This is the perfect way to start my pro career. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know, growing up, your your game and how you want to play obviously changes yeah. throughout the level you, you, you're kind of at. And so it was a little bit of an adjustment for me coming from from junior where um you know captain of the team you play 25 minutes a night yeah playing every situation like you you're the the guy and uh you know you can you can kind of do whatever you want like you can play a certain way that works for the junior level of yeah, hockey yeah. but if you try like you try to bring it to the pro level and it doesn't work so well anymore. So, mm -hmm. um, it was a little bit of an adjustment, but I, I, uh, you know, with, with my style of game, I think that I can, uh, I'm pretty adaptable. Like I can play however the coach wants me to play. Okay. Um, and you know, wherever he kind of want sees me in the lineup, I, I try to do the best job I can at that role. So, whereas I know that there's guys that have a tough time, you know they're they're one kind of player and and they've and, used to been playing that way their whole career up until a certain point. Yeah, and and when they get asked to do something else, like they they struggle with it. So I I knew when when he kind of when I heard how he wants his team to play, I knew that you know I can uh, I can contribute something to to the team. Yeah, it's interesting hearing you say like you know even though you have that style that that playing style that there, it was still an adjustment for you because at least from my vantage point it seemed pretty seamless after just working out some kinks going up against uh grown men at the professional level it seemed like okay that's the kind of guy that jd force wants this team to play like and he's bringing that every single night but what exactly did you have to adjust to what were some of those changes that you had to make to sort of get to where you are now here in your second season i th yeah i think just adjusting to obviously the the speed of the mm. game and I guess yeah that is the the one that guys always mention yeah speed and and size and uh decision making you have way less time than you know other levels of hockey that I've played before so um just just that and then um you know making smart plays that uh help the team like that plays that uh that you want to make to help the team win basically yeah so it took a little bit to to adjust to that and then uh once i did um 
you know, I just try to keep bringing it every night. Now you 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 found that niche, and it, it, once again, it sure looks like you're bringing it every single night. You're not one of those guys who you feel like, uh, you know, he's he he left it back on the bus or something like that that night. Whenever 39's out there, he's always buzzing, um, which is why I think you fit in so well with this organization. Since coming here, signing that AHL deal, turning pro, uh, the Penguins have a big road trip coming up here after a number of home games. Uh, what going back to Cleveland on Friday and Saturday night. But this this road trip coming up here, it seems long because there was an entire season where we only did day trips to either Newark, Lehigh Valley, Syracuse, or Hershey. Going to Cleveland feels like it's a it's a full-on trek, but this is nothing compared to what you guys had to go through in the WHL, right? Out in the dub, you guys are pulling on like the the trip of all trips, almost seemingly every road game, I guess, depending on where you're scheduled, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, when I was in Tri-City, I guess it wasn't that bad compared to some other teams and the way they have their travel but um you know we still had our 14 hour road trips up to prince george in british columbia and then um every second year we would go to go out east to saskatchewan manitoba and that'd be like 24 24 hours I like how you're like, yeah, we didn't have it that bad, but we'd still have the 14-hour trip <laughs> yeah. here and there to, to BC. And then, like you said, every other year you guys would alternate for those more eastern teams, uh, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, who then have to come all the way out east in the other year. Like, it is a grind, especially at that age where, I mean, you're, depending on who you are, you start at 15, 16, play up until you're 20 to be on the bus grinding away like that. Is it? as difficult as it seems or is it just because that's the environment and that's the way it is that you don't really even think about it when you're on a 14 15 hour bus ride yeah I mean it gets to a point where you you don't really think about it anymore because you get so used to it but at the start um you know it's it, it was definitely hard because you're at that age where you're in school too so you get home from these yeah these road trips sometimes at like five in the morning and you need to be up for for school in a few hours so um that was kind of hard that was probably the hardest part but at that point I wouldn't even go to sleep what would even be the point yeah I know like seriously <laughs> we we would have guys uh we didn't have um, a sleeper bus on our team we just had like a regular standard yeah um double seat bus so we would we would have all of us would have mats and we'd throw them like underneath the the seats and lay one one guy would lay on the on the seats, across the seats, okay. and the guy would lay underneath, like on the floor. Was there enough room? Yeah, barely. There's <laughs> barely enough room. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty squished around down there. But no, it was, uh, that was the best option for us because we needed to sleep. So, yeah, you need to sleep to either refuel after that game because whatever it's the long trip out, long trip back. You got school the next day, or you know you might have a, a game then a, a day or two after that too. Like it is. Not easy out there in, in the WHL. I know, I mean, you could go to any of the Canadian junior hockey leagues, you know, OHL, QMJHL. Like, once again, there's long travel there, but it's the dub that really spans just this gigantic, almost entirely across the 100th meridian, just to go from one team to another sometimes. And I, I don't know, I just scratch my head sometimes when I look at the schedule and I see, oh, yeah, Winnipeg is playing at Portland. And I'm like, that stinks for those those kids. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. But, I mean, like I said, you get you get used to it. So 
it's not as bad as it seems. And you did say Tri-City. Like, you guys actually probably had it easy just because there were some centrally located teams. So who was close to you guys? Uh, we had Spokane. That was our closest. Like How two, far was that? Two hours. Okay. Um, and then we had Seattle, Everett, which and Portland, which are like four okay. each. Um, and so we play those teams. We play Spokane 12 times a year and the other teams eight times a year. And then after that, it gets uh, after you get out of the U.S. U.S. division, it gets pretty far for it's like Kelowna seven hours. What's Vancouver and Victoria? Those would be six or seven too. Mm. There you go. So mm-hmm. actually, I was thinking about it like, oh, these trips here in the American League, they're cake for a guy who came out of the WHL. But I guess last season you were probably looking around going, what the heck is this? We only have to go an hour away? Like, every trip we did last year, we were just down and back. Yeah. Was your head spinning just from that? Like, this is incredible. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's much easier than going for a four-hour day trip to Seattle to play. So, so those would be day trips, too? Yeah. Four hours down and back? Yeah, drive, sit and drive and play same night and then drive back home. And probably have to play again the next day if it's a weekend, right? Yeah, a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a battle, man. Yeah. That's such a battle. Yeah. It was it was tough. It was tough, but you get used to it and just got to grind it out. Grind it out. Make the most of it. You end up, like I said, you sign that deal with Wilkes-Barre Scranton, and now here you are in the, in the pros carving out your niche here with the black and gold. Um, when you're in the Western League, too, it's not just it's a drafted league, so guys can get pulled away from home. You might have a guy who's born in Saskatchewan who then has to play in Tri-City, or your case, Alberta, you had to go play in uh, Tri-City. You played both for the the Hitmen and the Americans in your WHL career. But they also have the import draft, where the whole CHL will start plucking guys from uh, across the world. Did you have any Finns on your team? Uh, yes. Um, when I first got there, we had Yusuf uh, Valimaki. Oh, okay, with, yeah. Uh, with the Flames now. Um, he was there. And that's the only Finn we had during my time there. We had a uh, couple Russians, um, Czech guy. Um, yeah, and that's it. Were you able to pick up any finish from Yusuf Valamaki <laughs> that you could apply now that there's a, a hundred Finnish guys in the Pens locker room? Uh, I I remember we would sometimes we would sit on the bus and I'd learn a little bit, but by the time I came here, like, here. that was that was a while ago. Now mm-hmm. I, by the time I got here, it's it's all long gone. Well, we'll see if uh, anything Yuso gave you is able to rub off on you here. See if you have some of that Finnish intuition because, Kaya, we have another recurring segment on the podcast called Suomi Says. (laughs) Kyle, back at the start of the year, I sat down with Kasper Bjorkvist. And I asked him to give us some Finnish idioms. Finnish expressions that, when translated into English, get a little bit weird. There's not really a one-for-one translation with these expressions that they have. Now, you'd be familiar with English idioms. The examples I always give people is, uh, the grass is always greener, or something like that. It doesn't, it's, it doesn't literally mean what it's saying. It has a different meaning. You know okay, what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. in Finnish, they have similar expressions, but then when you translate them into English, they get weird. They get <laughs> wacky. Um, some of the previous installments of Suomi says we've had terms like upper grandma. We've had uh, going ass first into a three. And what I have you do here on the podcast is I have you try and decipher, try and decode 
what that expression actually means. Okay. So I give you the translated version, not the actual finish. I give you the translated version in English, and then you have to tell me what you think it means. Okay. You with me here? Yeah. All right. So here is our expression today on Suomi Says. Kyle, what does it mean if you have a head as a third leg? You have a head as a third leg. Oh. Yeah. You can take your time here. You can yeah, you can contemplate. For a a head as a third leg. To have a head as a third leg. What are your instincts telling you early? That you're smart. You're smart. Why do you say that? <laughs> I don't know. Just like a head as a third leg. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking that mm -hmm. maybe it's beneficial to have a third leg in general mm -hmm. and to have it be a head another head another a head as smart. a third leg yeah, yeah 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 so like you could sprint twice as fast with a third leg at your disposal but it's your head so it's like having a second brain yeah you're that's, smart that's kind of what i i uh, thought about head is a third that. leg are you gonna now once again you don't have to punch in your final answer but is that where you want to go yeah I'd i'd say so you want to lock it in? Yeah. Head as a third it. leg means you're smart. You are an intelligent person. Yeah. All right, Kyle. <laughs> you are incorrect. Oh, no. That's okay. <laughs> they're, they're, we're kind of throwing you into a canoe without a paddle right here. Like, there's no really way to, to go through this. But what it means to have a head as a third leg means that you are running around aimlessly you're like a chicken with your head cut off oh if okay. you're using your head as a third leg oh, okay so just spinning around with with uh, no rhyme or reason just yeah. head as a third leg okay yeah that makes sense now that i think about it uh yeah see yeah. i mean it, that's think that's about it the other way where yeah. we always go with some of these is it's like that what what could this possibly be and then when it's explained to you, you go I could see it. I could see it. And it's funny, when we first started doing this on the podcast, some guys were actually really close. And now we've had a few in a row now where, you know, we've ended up where we thought we were going to be, that these were going to be completely unsolvable puzzles uh, from Casper Bjorkquist. But yes, that is how we play Swomi Says, head as a third leg, running around like a chicken with its head cut off. Yeah, interesting, interesting. I'm sure you've seen plenty of guys using their head as a third leg playing hockey all these years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Going out there with the head as a third leg. Yeah. Um, well, I also need to throw in the disclaimer. Always have to do this. Casper could also totally be screwing with us. Could totally be messing with us. He could have fed me a, a you know bag of false goods, lied to me at the start of the year, and we're just we're going around with head as a third leg, going, yeah. going through these translations. But that's what we have for us. It wouldn't surprise me if Casper did it. I trust him, but he's the kind of personality who could, you know, try and pull a fast one on you for oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. And from what I understand, Kyle, is that you very recently had a you played a pivotal role in one of the better practical jokes in the locker room recently this season. I see you're kind of thinking, thinking about this here. This is what I was told, at least, from uh, Seamus McKelvey, that you guys pulled a fast one on assistant equipment manager John U. Savage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah you're, you're, you're laughing right now. Tell us what happened here, because this is, I think, a great example of, like, total rib, great burn, but without actually, like, like it's not mean-spirited. Yeah. You just got him. Yeah. You just got him. 
Yeah, and I don't know if the people who know him know that he's he's a he's a fun guy to joke around with and and you know kind of make make fun of and yeah you know not in a bad way but just joke joke uh, around and here's here's how i'll describe him to those who might not know john you savage uh young kid early 20s working with us as his assistant equipment manager he worked in the locker room as like a stick boy towel boy um for years just kind of grinding away volunteering not getting paid either but left enough of an impression that he's now on the full-time staff he has been for two seasons now um but he is just he's the guy who is always at the brunt of the joke. And when he tries to joke around, and he will, he'll dish it back, but then that just makes you want to slap him down a little bit more. He's just the (laughs) perfect guy. You can have a good volley with him, banter back and forth. Like you said, joke around with him, and you guys got him him pretty good, I guess, a week or two ago or just last week. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of came in a little bit late on the original part of the joke, but I guess it was – Someone on the team needed laces, like skate laces, yes, because they had broke theirs or whatever. And uh, I don't, I don't know who exactly said the first time that uh, you know, oh Johnny, did you get the left-handed laces? Left-handed laces. Yeah, because it was Bartkowski um, needed the the laces, and um, so someone said that to him just to kind of you know mess with him, get a him bit, going, yeah, get him going, see what he thought of it. And he he was like, what? There's there's no such thing as that. Like, laces are laces. There's no left hand. There's no right hand. And then uh, that's where I came in on the joke. I was in the the trainer's room, and he came in. And he was like, what what are you guys talking about? Blah blah blah. And uh, I I caught on. And so then I I just started playing it off like, oh, you never heard about these left-handed laces? Like Bartkowski, he's an older guy. They used to make them. Uh, back in the day back in the day <laughs> like when he when he would have been younger so he likes them now like he, he still uses them and so that was enough for him to be like oh like this is real like I gotta find these things for for for, <laughs> for Bart. Bart yeah um because he, he's particular or whatever and so I guess that it went so far as to he called up the Howie's hockey rap or whoever yeah there's their store and asked for left-handed laces <laughs> and i don't know what the guy said to him or you know what uh what he, he told him what what anyone like. should say is that those are not real <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you talking about so uh i'm sure he was uh pretty embarrassed about that one but oh uh, yeah, it, it was funny he laughed it off because he knew that they got him and and from my understanding of this story secondhand is that seamus was the one who started it because, you know, John said something at him, and then Seamus starts rolling his eyes like, all right, I'm going to get you back, started the left-handed laces thing, and then you come in, and John did not believe Seamus for one second that they were a thing. But because you deadpanned it, you played it so straight, just being dropped into the situation with no background, you weren't told to do this, (laughs) you sold it, and then it became a thing. And then, hey, Bart, just so you know, he's going to ask you about the left-handed laces. So now Bartkowski's in on it. Equipment manager Jared Mysick, hey, Johnny's going to ask about the left-handed laces, just so you know. And like you said, it came down to him calling the, the Howie's like, stock store, the rep, and being like, hey, we can't find any of these left-handed laces. Can you send them <laughs> to us? Like, buddy, someone's playing a joke on you. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. It was a good one, but... It's all out of love. Like, oh, of course. Johnny's a great guy. 
our, our, all of our staff is, is great guys. And, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to kind of fool around and, and joke with them. So, but if you didn't sell that like a million bucks, that was dead in the water. That wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. And you came right in. You were like, yeah, man, those are, those are old school left-handed <laughs> laces. You don't know about these. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's, um, as I was saying before earlier in the podcast, as your personality has started to come out a little bit more, that's like a perfect window into Kyle Olsen right there. You know how to kind of lay into the weeds and pick your spots, and you, you can uh, you can toss a grenade in there every now and then and, and mix things up. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Is that an accurate scouting report? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, obviously when anyone comes in, at first you're a little bit nervous, like especially a young, young kid in first-year pro, and I don't know. You know, since I've been here, the longer I've, I've been around the team and with everyone, just kind of opened up and started to show my 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 real side. And <laughs> I like to be goofy at times, but at, at the same time, I, I'm I can be serious. And of course, when it means business, I mean business. So, um, but yeah, no, I like I like joking around with everyone and and just having a good time. We see the business on the ice. We all know Kyle Olson takes us very seriously, but it's been great to see uh, your personality blossom now that you're comfortable with the team. Who are your roommates, by the way? Uh, who's, your, who's your group? I live with uh, P.O. and Belly. So I feel like that is, once again, a great mix of guys who can take a joke and know how to give a joke. I feel like are you guys ribbing each other constantly all the time at home, or is there a truce whenever you guys leave the ring? No, it's uh... – <laughs> It gets pretty bad sometimes. Oh, like, really? Well, <laughs> the thing is, is that there's there's three of us. So once someone, it's this it's this triangle yeah. of uh, once someone says something to another guy, uh-huh. then it's always the other guy jumps in and goes after that guy. Who, Wait, the original guy or the guy who was the original target? The original target gets ganged so up on. So you get ganged up on. It's now a two-on-one, and yeah. there's no way out of it. There's no way out, and then that situation will come to pass yeah it'll it'll go away and then you know the next one comes and it's it's someone else and then someone else ganging up like it's so it's just this this triangle you could never have a one-on-one you're always constantly at a disadvantage or yeah. i guess if you're the one giving it out you know you're gonna have uh support coming in you're gonna have an ally yeah just to bury the other guy there yeah, are no truces no no truces <laughs> but it's it's pretty funny I, was I, lo- I that, love living with them. That's got to be a, a a great setup, great apartment, I guess. As long as you're not the guy on the receiving end of the two-on-one too often, I feel like you guys have a great setup. Yeah. No, it's it's great. It's great. Good. Glad to hear that uh, you're enjoying your, your living arrangements with uh, Beller and P.O. Joseph. Um, Kyle, I've taken up plenty of your time here today. I really appreciate you stopping in to talk with us after practice today. But before we wrap things up on this edition of the Wilkes-Barre Granted Penguins podcast. We always need to end our episodes the same exact way. And Kyle, this is with another one of our segments that we call Penn's Picks. Penn's Picks. Kyle, at the end of every episode of the Penguins podcast, I like to ask my guest for a recommendation for you to give the fans. Something, it can be anything in the world. Once again, it's a, a potpourri option. You go with anything, um, something you feel like needs to get, deserves a shout out. Easy ones people always go for, you know, movies, TV, music, entertainment, things like that. But if it's, you know, you saw the way somebody held the door for someone at Wegmans the past week or something like that, or uh, an interaction between some of your teammates in the locker room, just something that you can recommend to the fans. What is your pen's pick? Can I say like a, like a food? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I would say the barbecue chicken pizza from Blaze Pizza. The Blaze Pizza that just opened on on Monday Street. This is new to the area, Blaze Pizza. And you love the barbecue chicken pizza specifically. Yes, it's a must-have. It's a must-have. Must-have. You got to try it. Now, you need to understand, people in this area, they take their pizza very seriously. One way or another, they have their old Forge-style pizza. They have their sweet sauce pizza. Everyone seems to have their own specific pizza place that they swear by is the best. And then you'll talk to the next guy, and they'll be like, no, don't go to that place. You got to go to this place. (laughs) But I do see the Blaze Pizza. There's a big line pretty regularly out there. Everyone's going for the barbecue chicken pizza, or at least they should in your estimation. Yeah, I think they should. Yeah. For those who haven't done the Blaze Pizza experience before, how does it work? Uh, Because it's not just a regular pizza joint. No, no, it's not. It's unique. It's like a subway of of pizza. So you go and you you pick your crust and then sauce and all the toppings and stuff like that. So, um, and then they fire it up in the in the big wood wood fire grill or whatever it is. But it's delicious. I love it. The buffalo chicken pizza. Yeah. At Blaze Pizza mm-hmm. is your pen's pick. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. You've given me plenty throughout the course of this uh, episode that I need to either revisit or try for the first time between the Hunger Games and now Buffalo Chicken Pizza at Blaze Pizza. Yeah. I'm glad I got my notepad out. Taking notes <laughs> here on the Pens Podcast with Kyle Olson. I'll throw out a quick Pens pick, too. Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to Pittsburgh-based comedian Colin Chamberlain. Colin Chamberlain, he's been uh, doing shows in Pittsburgh for years, moved out to New York City, has been gigging out there, and he just had his very first um, comedy special album come out for the first time. It's called Hello, It's Me. Simple enough. Hello, It's Me by Colin Chamberlain. You can check that out on YouTube, iTunes, follow him on social media, just at Colin Comedy, Colin with two L's. If you're looking for a laugh and just an easy breezy listen, Colin Chamberlain. Hello, it's me. I'll give that my pen's pick. That's my little salute. Perfect. All right. Well, that'll do it for us on this edition of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. Once again, Kyle, I must thank you for being so generous with your time, sitting down with me and uh, giving us a little bit of a, a peek into who you are. It was weird last season because with all the lockdowns and uh, restrictions, protocols, things like that, we couldn't really get the team, the players out into the community like I know our Penguins fans are used to this team, this organization doing since all the way back in 1999. Still this season, it's been clamped down a little bit, so I think these episodes are a a great way for fans to sort of uh, get to know you a little bit, even if it's not at the bar appearances or charity things and stuff like that. So seriously, thanks so much for taking the time. I'll let you off the hook now and let you get back to your apartment. Hopefully there's not a two-on-one waiting for you when you get there. Okay, sounds good. Thanks for having me, Nick. That's Kyle Olson. I am Nick Hart. Thanks for tuning in, Penguins fans. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of the Pens Podcast.